Hey guys, it's Ashley. Lauren. And Naz. And we thought a huge I don't get it that we've never brushed upon yet was dating and forming relationships when you have an STI. Now my first yeah, my first question of the day was what is the difference between an STD and an STI? Because all of a sudden the lingo in America changed over the past couple of years. People started calling them STIs. And I'm like, okay, is it inappropriate of me to call it an STD now? This is the first time I'm hearing STI. What? Really? Yeah. Really? I always, always just thought they were all STDs. I've always said STD until now. And I now love I that guess we're, we're diving we're into educating. it. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is from expose and stdcheck.com. I want to redo the answer to this because I don't want to like flub it up in any way. An infection is often the first step of a disease and occurs when either bacteria or viruses enter the body and start multiplying. The disruption of normal body function or structure, especially when signs and symptoms appear, here is considered a disease as long as the cause of it is not the result of an injury. So this means medically speaking, all STDs start out as STIs. STIs that progress into disease is an STD. Um, For example, here. So would that be like HIV maybe? And then AIDS is the disease? HIV would be the STI. Um, I would assume Maybe? so, but perhaps we cannot confirm that. But that's what I would gather from. But what we my- gathered is that, like, if for example, chlamydia. If you have chlamydia, that is an infection, and yeah. if you it goes untreated, you get she- inflammatory. Pelvic, pelvic inflammatory, pelvic inflammatory disease, disease, and then you have the disease. Right. Or, or we were talking about HPV too, because so many women have it. If you don't get the cancerous strand, then you have an STI. Yeah. But if you get cervical cancer, then it's disease. The STD. A disease. Okay. Perfect. Perfect but, um, explanation. I love that we're doing this because I feel like so many people are embarrassed mm-hmm. to tell a sexual partner or someone they're with or even their friends and family that they have gotten an STI or an STD, yeah. and I feel like. If we just get some people to come on and talk about it and make it normalize it, it won't be as like embarrassing. Yeah. So I feel like if you hear that them. someone has like herpes or something, they're like, oh, don't touch me. It's, like, it's not yeah. like that. So just chill the fuck out, you know? It's crazy to me because herpes, I have friends with herpes and that's the one that's so normal. Like you can get medicine, take it every day and just yeah. live a normal life yeah. without symptoms out of all of them, I think. Yeah, it was so weird when I actually put up our post on our on our um, Facebook that I was looking for people who had an STI. I was listening to Jared record his Help I Suck a Dating podcast, and one of their emails was a girl who had herpes and how she had to deal with it. I was like, this is just too bizarre that you guys are reading this email mm-hmm. as I'm writing this post out. But that how was bizarre? one email. How bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> and now we want to focus the entire podcast episode on it. But bottom line is that girl with the email said that dating with herpes was really no big deal for her. Oh, That's goodness. Awesome. Yeah. And it I should think, be. I think it's such a huge taboo, especially with herpes, because like everybody thinks of chlamydia and gonorrhea as like, oh, you take a Z pack. And you're and you're you're usually good, right. but I think herpes is like you know like they say it's not curable, right? Right. But we'll get into herpes. We're gonna start with HIV, right? Yeah. So I, wanna- I have a friend who. Um, she's a child life specialist at the hospital at a hospital, and she actually contracted HIV when she was 12 years old. I think she was 12, but she's gonna explain all these details from a blood transfusion. I think she was three, right? Three was she? Was that what she, she was like little? Or oh, something? she was that young? Maybe oh, she'll we'll tell us. Out. She'll tell us. But yeah, she had an issue. She had a disease, and then it. Then she needed blood transfusions for it. And even though this was back in the 
80s, I believe, they still weren't, I guess, checking thoroughly enough the blood that was going through these transitions, and that's how she got HIV. But now she's been married for 10 years, and we just want to see how she, you know, how her life has been, obviously, Mm -hmm. like having to tell people in her life that she has it, but also how she got with her husband and how he handled with that information when he first got it. Incredible. I want to just read what HIV is, because I never actually knew what it stood for. So just for everyone listening, HIV stands for human immunodeficiency virus, and it's the virus that can lead to acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, which is AIDS, if it's not treated. So once you get HIV, you have it for life, and HIV attacks the body's immune system, which specifically the SD4 cells, which help the immune system fight off infections, and that's what AIDS is. And uh, just Jamie, who we're about to get on the on the phone right now, she also has a book about her experience for anybody who wants to download it or buy it at a bookstore on Amazon, whatever. Um, it's Surviving HIV, Growing Up a Secret, and Being Positive. All right. Hey, Jamie. Hi, ladies. All right. We have a lot of questions for you, but before we pepper you with questions, why don't you give us a little background on you, what you've written, and how you contracted HIV. Okay. So the story starts way back in 1979. 79. Oh, wow. wow. Long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) Stop that now. You're only like 10 years older than me, not even. (laughs) (laughs) So so I was born um, with a cardiac defect that we didn't actually know what it was in the very beginning. And I as a baby, just sort of had these crazy passing out spells. And my mom was like, like it would only happen in front of her. And by the time she got me to the hospital or to a doctor, I was totally fine. I was like, do, do, do. And so they had no idea what was going on. They thought my mom was crazy and I never presented in the right way. So finally she was like, I know you guys think that I'm crazy, but something's wrong with this kid and she's going to die over the weekend if you don't take her in. Oh my God. So, Wait, were you like fainting that much? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, like wow. I was going blue and like it was freaky. I mean, it was free. I was like going comatose just like in her arms. Oh so how old were you then? I was a baby. I was oh, like, baby, baby. Yeah, like tw- I was like just learning how to crawl. So it was, it was like when I was starting to exert myself more. It was when I was exhibiting these symptoms because it was my heart after all. And like once I started to be more active, I, it, it it didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. So so I got into the hospital. My the doctors and the nurses were like, "Well, this this child is here because her mom is very concerned." No, and then all of a sudden, I had an episode in front of them, and they were like, "Holy." shit. So they realized that there genuinely was something wrong with me and, and went in for a cardiac, um, a heart cath that's like that following day. And it turns out I had this crazy, um, tetralogy of Fallot and it was really severe. They're like, we don't really know exactly how she's been alive this long, but what, what is a tetralogy of flow? Tetralogy of Fallot is <laughs> Four, it's four major defects in the heart. So it's something, it's like some valve issues. Um, not enough oxygen was getting to my lungs, to my, um, like to the whole body. So it was, it was just a hot mess. So basically I was like my, the, everything wasn't going through the heart as it was supposed to. And it was causing lack of oxygen and it was causing me to pass out all the time. Um, 
So once I realized that they had, that I had this issue, it was good because we realized what it was. And then they were like, okay, well, this is a major cardiac defect and we could go in there and like fix it. And it'd be really cool because you'd be the first one that we've done this on. And my mom was like, no. So the, were they were luckily able to do a little bit of a, like a time saver, um, procedure and they did what's called a Blaylock shunt and they took the artery out of my right arm and hooked it up to my lungs mm-hmm. so that it would buy me a little bit of time. So that was when I was like 14 months old. And then I had good outcomes after that. I wasn't passing out as much and I was like functioning more like a kid should function. And then so that bought me time and so that I could grow a little bit more and develop so that I would be stronger for when I would need this big open heart surgery. Okay, there's this this product is a big thing in our house, especially with Jared and I, because it hydrates us and a lot of the times we'll go through the entire day and we're like, oh shit, I've only uh drank one bottle of water today. But you know, I know that for my body weight, I need at least four, which is why I drink liquid IV. I just pop it into a water bottle, and then this one water bottle with liquid IV, a pack of liquid IV in it, actually makes it like three water bottles. That's how hydrated I'm getting. We also really like it because it helps with flight altitude sickness. It is really good with the whole um, um, like jet lag as well because everybody is super dehydrated when they get off of a plane. Um, so if you're a traveler, good for that. And if you're just somebody who doesn't drink water, this is great for you. You don't have to drink as much. It's also non-GMO. It has clean ingredients. It's so much better than those sugary sports drinks. And the reason why I personally love it and use it is to avoid getting sick because I feel like I'm always, you guys are always traveling a lot. I'm traveling a lot. And so during cold and flu season, staying properly hydrated is actually one of the most important factors in flu cold recovery and prevention. So liquid IV contains 110% daily value of vitamin C and B12, which I love. And I feel like I really haven't been getting sick lately because I've been drinking liquid IV. It uses a special technology that the others don't have. It's called cellular transport technology. It's a specific ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium that when mixed with 16 ounces of water helps your body absorb more water and nutrients than a normal drink would help put water into your bloodstream. Liquid IV is the fastest growing hydration brand and you can find them everywhere, even Costco. You can find them at all Costco's nationwide. You know that's legit, you know, when you get lend in Costco. That's true. I love Liquid IV and I know you will too. Right now, our listeners get 20% off at liquidiv.com when you use our code Get It at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Go to liquidiv.com and enter the promo code Get It to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquidiv.com, promo code Get It. Don't wait, get hydrated today. So then in 1982, I had the the major open heart surgery where they went in there and fixed everything. And it was by all accounts, really successful. I went in, I came out, I woke up just fine. Um, minimal side effects. I bounced back really quickly. I was supposed to be in the PICU for like a week or two weeks. And by day three, I was like, okay, hi, let's go home now. And it was, it was, everyone was thrilled. It was just a wonderful repair. And so that was 1982. So we go on living our lives. It was this wonderful, miraculous thing that we had this issue, but it got fixed and now we can go on. 
And when I was about eight years old, the medical community realized, oh, this was happening in, oh, and I had a blood transfusion during this open heart surgery um, in 1982. And at that time, they weren't screening blood products. And no one realized that that was an issue until years later. And so when I was eight and we were realizing that HIV existed and AIDS was a thing, and they realized, wow, this has been out in the blood supply for however many years. And there is a certain number of people who had gotten blood transfusions and blood products in this time that were at risk. So they reached out to my family and they said, hey, she's she had a transfusion during this risk time frame. And it's up to you if you want to get her tested. If she's been healthy, it's probably fine. It's a really minimal chance that she's actually contracted it. But we just need to let you know. And my parents were like, well, she's been healthy this whole time. I'm sure she's fine. We don't want to put her through one more blood test. So they just said, okay, well, thanks for letting us know. And we're good. Wow. This is a nightmare. But not really. I mean, like, I know you're fine. Like, I know, like, how you are now. So, like, it makes me feel obviously better. But, like, just, like, if I were hearing this in the 80s and not having the advancements that we have today, I I don't even know. But continue. Yeah. But you lived, Jane, you lived five years fine, though, right? Well, yeah, because it normally doesn't show up for a while. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and that was pretty, it was pretty, like, it didn't have any effect on me. I was, it was, I wasn't symptomatic at all. And... Yeah, I mean, at the time, also, they, they were like, even if we found out that she was positive, there's nothing we could do for her. There were no medications for kids. So it was like, well, yeah, you could have this knowledge, but there's nothing you can do. So, And I was healthy, so they had no reason to think that I was infected. So two years go by. I'm 10, and I, we, I start to get, um, I get these back-to-back infections with strep throat, like one after another. Um, I never had gotten sick like that before. And all of a sudden it was just, just coming on strong. And my mom is a very, very smart woman. And she was like, Hmm, this is worth looking into. And so she took me in and they're like, yeah, we let's just do the test. Let's, you know, we might as well just check it out. Meanwhile, all my cardiac stuff has been, had been great. I go, I went in for like a yearly checkup and it was fine and it was great. So they went ahead and got me tested And so that was when I was, no, that was when I was eight. Sorry. That was when I was eight and they came, um, the test obviously came back positive, spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. And they called my mom and my dad was working at the time and my mom was at home and they called my mom and they said, they're like, can you come in to meet us? (laughs) And she, and she like, no one wants you to come in if it's good news. Like they'll, they'll tell you good news over the phone. They're not going to tell you bad news over the phone. So she knew, like she knew what they were going to tell her. Your heart is pounding all the way to the appointment. Yeah. And I was oblivious at the point. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, Oh my God. So she went like by herself. My dad was at work. My sisters were in school. She just drove to the doctor's office and he sat down in the office and looked at her and said, you know, she's got HIV. The test was positive. And he was pretty nonchalant about it, like not in a good way, but more in a like, yeah, there's really nothing we can do about it. So, and he was like leaning back in his chair and just not the right way to deliver horrible news. Wow. And like basically like it was a death sentence at the time. Oh, and yeah. There was nothing he could do. So it was just, I can't even feel anything right now like numbly yeah yeah he literally was just like she's got two years to live 
So enjoy her while you have her. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. So we, my mom took this news, went home, like obviously was devastated, told my dad and they were like, well, there's nothing we can do. We don't have medications. So we're not going to tell her, let's just let her live her life and we'll take it one day at a time, but we're not going to freak her out. So they didn't tell me right at first. They told me that I had like a bug in my blood. What does that mean? Well, that was like their euphemism for it. Like they wanted to tell me something, but not, they didn't really want to like lay this heavy information on me. So, so for a while they just didn't, they kind of just glossed over it. And then a couple of years later, I started, I was, this is when I was 10 and they did actually start coming out with, um, phase one drug protocols for pediatric patients with HIV. And so there was this, finally this like hope on the horizon and we could, they could get me into this, um, drug protocol and it was very involved. You know, you would go, it would be like every month going in for really intense testing. And it was, it was a big change. So they were like, well, we have to tell her obviously what's going on now. Cause she's not stupid and she's 10 and she'll figure all this out when she sees like AIDS mm. posters all around her. So they told me, and when they said, when they, at first, when they told me that I had like the quote unquote bug in my blood, all I cared about was that I didn't have to have another cardiac surgery. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, let's move on. Let's go, let's go do something else. And then when they came back and told me, well, this is HIV and this is the virus that causes AIDS, I was, that's when I, that's when I actually got it. And I was 10 and I was obviously super like upset and crying. And we, you know, I had a great support system right there with my mom and a few of the nurses that I really loved and trusted with me at the time as they were telling me this at the hospital. Um, and so we kind of just, sat together and I cried a lot and they cried. And then after probably 20 minutes, we got up and we're like, well, let's go to the gift shop. (laughs) So we just like walked out and skipped down the hall and went to the gift shop. And that's kind of like, that's kind of how we rolled this whole thing. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. things, things kind of suck along the way, but like, let's go to the gift shop at the end and let's do something fun at the end. So... So then at that point forward, obviously my life completely changed and I sort of had this double life start to happen because this was in, so I was 10, so this was 89. And at that point, AIDS was still super stigmatized. I mean, it still is, but it was re- like to the point back then where it was dangerous to tell people. Uh-huh, and yeah. so we we weren't open with it. We didn't tell people I, and my parents always told me that if I wanted to tell people that I, we totally could and they would support me, but I was afraid to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. Like this was the era of Ryan White and I was not, I didn't feel safe Um, being open with it. Did you guys know that in just two minutes, twice a day by brushing your teeth, you can pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And let me say heart as well, because brush your teeth is good for your heart. Kids, the new toothbrush is the same as our original version, just tweaked for size down mouths. I know a lot of you listeners have kids and you they can also get involved with the quip culture. I like that kids can have an electric toothbrush. I think it's very important. Kids' to mouths use an can electric be stinky, toothbrush, you know? Yeah. 
And it's not like fair that they get these like little dinky things with like Sesame Street characters on yeah. them. Dinky thing. They kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products that adults use in the life. I prefer Quip over other electric toothbrushes because I find that their sonic vibrations are a lot more gentle and more sensitive than your standard uh, you know, electric toothbrush, which sometimes you can be done. And you're like, oh, I kind of feel like a little bit ouchy. mouth. Yeah, yeah, a little ou- ouchy. And <laughs> in this case, they have very, they're very gentle, and they also have this two minute pulser, which t- tells you when you should switch sides, and so you can clean your whole mouth evenly. I always, I always notice that without the butt, the beep beep, I um, end up brushing my lower teeth way more than my upper teeth. Hmm. Right, and what's great is that the brush heads are automatically delivered you guys on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars and a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health so that is why we love quip and why over one million happy healthy mouths do too quip starts at just 25 dollars, and if you guys go to getquip.com slash get it right now you can get your first refill pack for free that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash get it before you continue, I have two questions. Do kids, yeah. when kids contract it, do they respond any differently than adults? Like, because your immunity is higher when you're a kid? That's a good question. Um, I'm sure it's different. I don't know the physiology behind like a pediatric patient versus an adult patient um, physically reacting to it. I can tell you psychologically, I think it's honestly easier for kids to deal with things than adults because mm-hmm. I was still like learning who I was and forming an identity and I, this just became part of my identity. Yeah. It wasn't That's like I, I became, yeah, like I, it's not like, oh, I grew up and I formed this life and now all of a sudden it's different. Right. So, but yeah, physiologically, um, I'm not sure. I know that there, the, the medication regimens are different. But I could, I don't know the exact science of how one responds differently versus the other. I have another question. If you never mm-hmm. got the surgery, um, the mm-hmm. heart surgery, would you have survived? No. No. Okay. No, no. I would have passed out and not woken up for okay. sure. Wow. And did you, yeah. um, when they told you that you had it at 10 and you knew what it was, did they mm-hmm. say, like, can they track the chances of it going to stage three and turning into AIDS or... Yeah, at that point, it was pretty inevitable that it would turn into AIDS. And it really? was, yeah, because they, like, the ver- the only meds that they had were just, were, like, experimental meds. And so wow. I literally asked my mom, am I going to die? And she said, I don't know. And she said, I don't know, but we're going to be with you every step of the way, and we're going to try to figure this out. Yeah, but, that, yeah was what, was- that was what I wanted to know. Like, at 10, did you know, you know, if you had a certain <laughs> amount of years to live or not? Oh yeah, no. I at that age, I became to I like got in in touch with the idea that I would probably not live to see high school. And like I remember going out, and I was like, because I have two older sisters, and and I was like, okay, well, and then I I got this news, and then I was like, okay, I cried. Now I'm okay, okay. Now we can go and tell Heather and Kelly. And my mom's like, mm, they have known for two years. Oh, <laughs> and I'm, really? like, I'm like, oh, I'm always the last to know. But oh, then at that point, wow. I was... But, Were you no, mad? Was, Were you mad at your family no, for not telling no, you? she's too young probably no. to feel that. No, Maybe. yeah. I, no, I, I think I, I'd be mad. 
I was I such was a little a shit. <laughs> at 10, you'd be mad at your family. Yeah, I'd probably murder my mom. <laughs> oh like, my God. Gypsy okay. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking from the heart. Okay. So <laughs> when you're like on the playground, if you're like to get a cut or like, you know, you fell off your bike or something, would uh-huh. your parents be like super freaked out that like nobody would go and touch you? Like, so that it would get into any open cut. Like, how are your parents dealing with, like, your blood being out there? Yeah, they would have, they would tell me, like, this is how it's spread. And if something happens at school, you need to be really careful and, like, make sure that none of your friends go up there and get all up in a cut. And we did tell the school nurses so that they were aware Mm -hmm. of that every school where I was. But, um, but yeah, they were like, just so you know, this is, if something happens, you need to, like, protect other people from your blood and you need to take it seriously and like taking sex education they did they like give you your own like i don't know no. like more in depth so not your own not from the school but like your parents teaching you about like condoms and stuff you know what's kind of funny i don't remember my parents ever having the sex talk with me okay. and i don't <laughs> my, know our parents just, didn't do it either yeah like i don't know maybe i blocked it out because it was so horrifying <laughs> but i on I, I don't remember it at all and i kind of just grew up knowing like oh this is how things work yeah. and this is like there was never a point where i was like hmm can I like have sex with this guy and, and will that be safe? Like I, for some reason I always knew that I needed to like be smart when it came to that. Right. How long so, did you keep it a secret, Jane? So I didn't tell any of my friends until I was in high school and it was the, my senior year and we were, I was literally graduating and I decided that that was the time that I wanted to just come like come clean. I had formed really great friendships with my high school friends. And like, these are people that I was going to be friends with forever. And, and I was like, I can't, I can't live this double life. I want to be honest with them. And so, and I had already recorded the Oprah episode at that point. So I'm like, well, I kind of have to tell people now because it's definitely going to come out. So, so you need like, to talk about the so, Oprah episode. So yeah, you, you were on Oprah. On 1997, <laughs> right? The world yeah, yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was for the, it was the, um, a world AIDS day special that she did. Um, and I was one of the people that she had on the show, but that, that was, I had recorded that before I like made the whole announcement to my high school class. And I did this intentionally. It was like, literally we had graduation practice and then everyone was like, go get lunch. And then we have to come back for this assembly. And all my friends were like, why the fuck do we have to come back for this assembly? This is so annoying. And I'm like, I know this is such a drag <laughs> like, jokes on you. I'm the assembly. And so we, <laughs> we got Aww. back and I like made this speech to the whole class. And, it, and then the next day we walked and we graduated. And I, so I wanted to do it at the very end because just in case it didn't go well, yeah. I could leave town and it yeah. would be fine. Wow. was Was everyone nice about it everyone was amazing i was i was so floored i'm sure there were people that were either indifferent or had negative reactions but i never saw it and just my whole like the majority of my class lined up to like give me a hug and it was like an hour of my entire class just coming up and loving on me and that was that was like the best that was one of the best things that yeah that was, I was so scared. I was like crapping my pants and I was so, it, it was, yeah, it turned out so well. So by 97, 
you obviously made it to high school graduation. Did mm-hmm. you find a treatment that was working or is it still delaying? Because I, I guess we still haven't found a cure, so everything is still just a delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ever since that first drug protocol for pediatric HIV beds, it's gotten better and better. So at the beginning, it was literally two drugs. And if one didn't work, you moved on to the other. And if that didn't work, then you're screwed. And that was really the issue because it's known that you're not going to be on an HIV med forever because the virus is very smart and it mm-hmm. adapts and it mm-hmm. changes. And so the trick is you have to stay on top of it and in front of it, and you have to always have something waiting in the wings. So over those years, it had really developed a lot where I had gone from one protocol to the next and had really good success. There were a couple that I didn't respond well to, and and luckily there were others that I could hop onto after it. But it was really well controlled, and I never... I had a couple of times where I was really sick, but for the most part, I stayed pretty healthy and and it, I had really good luck on all of these meds. All right, so it's it's crazy. This is mind-boggling to me. It's that actually truly, it's a truly I don't get it. If I go to Earth Bar and I get a green drink, I'm still apparently not getting enough greens and vitamins for the day. All right, so I use Ritual. It's a vitamin that is going to give me everything that I need as a woman in a couple little vitamins. This is specifically designed for women, you guys. It's a multivitamin reimagined from D3, not the Mighty Ducks, from D3 to Omega-3. Ritual's Essential for Women helps fill the gaps in a woman's diet because it's shocking. You still have gaps even when you drink green juice. What's so amazing about Ritual is that they have a no-nausea design that's going to be easy on an empty stomach, so you don't have to worry about feeling nauseous after you take your vitamins, and you don't get that fishy aftertaste, which is common with most omega-3s. Which is why I love Ritual, because when I wake up first thing in the morning, sometimes I'm not like super hungry, but as with other vitamins, I'm always like, oh, well, I got to eat something, because I got to mm-hmm. take my vitamins, and I don't want to be nauseous. But the great thing about Ritual is, yeah, is you can like, take I'm not it- even hungry yet. But then yeah. you find yourself eating because you Just need to, to take have your vitamins. Your vitamins. Yeah. Exactly. So it's great because I basically wake up in the morning, I take Ritual. It tastes very minty. It doesn't taste fishy at all or gross. Um, mm. And I feel like I'm starting the day off great. And I've been taking it for like two months now. And, and you look I, it better than ever, I got to say. Oh, well, thank you, Lauren. You look better you. than ever. Thanks to Ritual. <laughs> better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill the gaps in your diet with essentials for women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash get it to get your ritual today. That's that's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash get it. James, I'm so we know that you made it through high school and I know you're married, so we'll get to that in a second. But I'm really interested in like mentally, like, you know, aside from the stuff that you're sharing with us and that we can like look up on Wikipedia, I want to know like what challenges did you go through mentally? What was maybe like your darkest day? How have you overcome it? And what stigmas do you want to like break to people out there that maybe get HIV and are really scared to tell anyone? Yeah, I think it, and it's so different back then than it is now. So today, I think that there still is really a stigma and that there it's, it's so manageable. I mean, it's a considered a chronic illness and not a terminal disease Mm -hmm. anymore. So it is so manageable, but I think people are still petrified at the thought of it. Um, 
And it, it's a lot of the fear of the unknown where if you don't live it, you don't know that it's actually something you can live with. And so right now, I think that that still is a pervasive fear for people. So back when I was younger, there were more fears for me just of like general safety and keeping it quiet. Um, and I had, I'd had a couple of really tough days at the hospital, just going through a lot of painful procedures. And, you know, one day in particular was just a mess. And I ended up getting like all these shots and procedures and lumbar punctures. And it was, it was the worst day and I got a kitten out of it. So that was cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was really, I'm so lucky to have had a really supportive family and access to healthcare and really great um, support system along the way that I think so many other people have not been that lucky and I've had horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've, I've honestly been so blessed that it's been a really positive journey. How has it affected your love life? Okay. So that is probably where it was most challenging for me because I was, you know, going into college when I was, I had told my high school class and I went into college and, you know, you're supposed to like be, start becoming an adult and living yeah. your life. And I, for me, I, I needed to tell people before I got intimate with them. And I just, like, just for my own personal thing, I just needed to tell people. Yeah. And so I ended up not having a lot of boyfriends. And it's so funny because on your first episode, you talked about this, like, we never were like boyfriend girls. And I was the same way. Like if I couldn't see a future with someone, I was out. And so whenever I met someone and started to get interested in them, I always had the conversation of like, Hmm, I wonder if this person could handle having this conversation with me. And that was a real good litmus test for a lot of people because we didn't get to the point where I ended up having a conversation with a lot of people and Mm. that was probably for the best (laughs) because they're boneheads in in one way or another. (laughs) What advice do you have to people? Like, how do you have that conversation? So for me, I needed to do it sooner rather than later. So I wanted to tell people in the beginning of a relationship and I would basically just say, Hey, like, this is great. I really like hanging out with you and getting all of the feelings And there's something that I need to tell you about me and my health history. And then I would go into, I was born with a cardiac defect and blah, blah, blah. And in 1982 and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then after I would like say all that, I would like word vomit all of this information (laughs) Mm -hmm. on them. And then, and then it was kind of like, my process was I would tell them and then I'd be like, okay, bye. And kind of like, <laughs> I would leave it up to them as to if they want, I was like, you can ask me any questions. I will be here. I'm really into you or else I wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. And then it was like emotional purgatory of just waiting. How many, how many, they were, that's brutal. How many guys yeah. like decided to halt it at that conversation? Honestly, I had, I only had one who was like, no, I can't do this. And I was, I was very selective about who I told, but only one of them was like, came back and was just like, I don't think I can handle this. And honestly, like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not mad at him. I didn't, I wasn't, I was, I was all, I was heartbroken because I really liked him. Um, but I wasn't like, I can't say that I wouldn't say to do the same thing if I were in his shoes and it sucked, but 
there was nothing I could do about it. And I just kind of moved on from there. And so I would always sort of emotionally try to make, try to like neutralize myself after I told someone. And the reason that I knew, like now that I'm getting into adulthood and I met my now husband. And one of the things that I knew, I was like, Oh, this is for real is when I told him I could not mentally distance myself from him. And that like emotional purgatory was torture and I couldn't let go. And I couldn't like pretend that it would be okay if he wasn't okay with it. And thankfully he was. That's your husband. So yeah. yeah. Can I ask you really maybe TMI question? Did did you sleep with more people than just your husband? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I did. And And I would tell people and we would just be safe. And then, so yeah, James. But for I think you, it also so it never turned to AIDS for you, correct? Yeah. Okay, but you're constantly dealing with being in stage one because there's three stages. I don't know about the stages. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm like still considered HIV positive, and Got then it. if it if it were to progress, it would be AIDS. But um, but yeah, like my the um, I do I go to doctor my doctor every six months, and I take two pills a day. It's super manageable. It's, it's like, especially compared to what it used to be. It was really intense. Um, do you show any, like, are there any symptoms or things that happen throughout the year to you physically that you have to deal with being HIV positive? Yeah. The only thing, one of the things that's been impactful for me is some of the earlier meds had a ton of side effects. And one of them, um, one of the meds had the side effects of lipodystrophy, which is the dist, um, Diff, um, abnormal distribution of fat on your body. So I have a really thin face and I was, I have a, like based on genetics and the side effects of the meds, I'm like, I've got like little chicken legs and chicken arms and a thin face. And like, I had a breast reduction cause my, like, my breasts were really big. So mm. it like, it was that displacement of fat that I've always been a little bit self-conscious about. That, like how skinny my face looked and I got like, I've done fillers and Botox and all that fun stuff, which has helped. But, um, that was the only long-term side effect that I've really experienced. Other meds I've had side effects during, like while I was taking them, like a couple of them caused an upset stomach. But, um, other than that, but the, those early meds could be pretty brutal. Um, which is why a lot of kids, like don't st- don't take them and they don't stay on them and their parents still make them stay on them because they're really brutal and they're really difficult to take and then they end up not working. I know that the um, medicine has progressed, but ha- is there like a decrease in people contracting HIV? Yeah, or- there is. Yeah, there okay. absolutely is. Yeah. So so when um, so there's a level of called the viral load of how much virus is in your body and that affects how easy it is to transmit that. So with these medications, if the HIV is under control and that viral load is low or zero or undetectable, then it's actually difficult to transmit, oh, wow. which is great. great. So it's it makes it so that it's harder to transmit sexually or through blood products or, you know, IV drug use. The other great... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You continue. Oh, no. The other great thing is that they've developed medications that they can put moms on so that they can take this medication during um, pregnancy and then have the baby take the medication right after birth. And there's like a point 
0.02% chance of them contracting 0. HIV. 0.02? So, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so low. It's amazing. Is the drug you're talking about PrEP? Because we live in West Hollywood and we get mm-hmm. ads on the TV, on TV yeah. about PrEP. So PrEP is a lot of what they will give a... Uh, so you'll have zero discordant couples. So uh, someone who's positive and someone who's negative. So they will have PrEP is something that you would put the negative person on to help prevent transmission. So that's, and Paul's not on it Mm -hmm. because we still maintain a safe lifestyle. And um, Mm -hmm. like we, there really isn't too much of a reason for him to, but if you are in, and this is for like, super risky if you were you know having anal sex unprotected that's a really higher risk it's really low risk for it to pass from a woman to a man so mm-hmm. my viral load is zero nice. and i'm a yeah and it's it's and it's difficult Why for is it that? would be that's so interesting because I've, I've stayed on meds and i've been super yeah. like diligent with adherence and that's the key like if you stay on your meds and you're adherent to the med protocol then you'll have better luck on it for sure Wow. But, but yeah, so PrEP is something that they can, um, that if you know that you're in a riskier lifestyle and you have more risk to contract it, you would take this and it would protect you wow. a little bit more. This has been so educational. I know. Like, wow. You guys, so I just got our soaps and cologne balm from Duke Cannon, which is one of my new favorite sponsors that we have. I've never even heard of Cologne Bomb, but I got it for my dad because he's been using this organic deodorant and my mom has called me because she just says that my dad smells like shit now. And I think that this Cologne Bomb is so genius because it's like a little tin and you can carry it. It's very portable. And all my dad has to do is kind of like rub it how you would rub like lip balm on, but like on your neck or other places. And it smells incredible and i love the soaps from duke cannon because they're huge huge. and i love big things and they're so aesthetically pleasing because they're brown and tan and they just go up my apartment and i love duke cannon well um, that's all i have to say guys (laughs) guys love bar soap apparently it makes them feel more manly i love bar soap you don't like bar soap i don't prefer it on my own body but like i like a man with bar soap Is that weird? No, that's funny. What I what I like about that's Duke funny. Cannon is like the names are kind of silly. They're funny. They're, they're, they're dads cute. Well, and they're there's, four men. There's one called News Anger Pomade, which I gave to Jared because he, it's always okay. So because he, he like gets cheap pomade or like he'll hairspray Aww. his hair, and I'm like no. But this News Anger Pomade has been working really well for him. So much so that I have been using it myself. I'm not even kidding you guys. Wow. The past two days, I've slicked my hair back. Like didn't like the have up pop down and put the it's it slicks back and it keeps those flyaways down pat yeah. way more than hairspray well there you go stay classy san diego and guys <laughs> it's possible that all dads want for father's day is a couple of hours of silence to watch the game or maybe he just wants a decent hug but if you're not there to provide one you guys can send him the best effort by ordering online at ducanon.com you guys can send him your best effort by ordering online at ducanon.com this is the gift that gives back. Duke Cannon is committed to giving back to men and women serving our country, which is why I also love it. And a Yay. portion of their proceeds directly support veteran causes. So my dad's obviously obsessed with this. Uh, but you could also get it at Target and CVS locations as of now, which is very exciting. Select Target and CVS yes. locations. Yes, okay. So it's not a guarantee, but it is guaranteed that you can get it at DukeCannon.com right now and you'll get 15% off. So why even go to CVS? Because with... 
the I Don't Get It podcast in our code IDGT at DukeCannon.com, you will get free shipping on orders over $35, plus you're going to get 15% off. These are the gifts that work as hard as dad does, both fun and functional. No dad will be disappointed with Duke Cannon's grooming goods. Before we let you go, Jane, can you just kind of go through maybe a list of like misconceptions or stigma? Like if you have HIV, you can't get pregnant. Like maybe just break some of them right here so people listening know. I even that's know not that actually the case. Like being in high school in the early 2000s, even when we first learned about AIDS and HIV when I was in elementary school with fifth and sixth grade, um, I remember them being like, if you get it, you can't have kids, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Now, but you just totally debunked that myth. Yeah. And that was the case back then yeah. because there was wow. like no protection for that maternal to, to fetal transmission. So yeah, I guess that would be a myth that you can absolutely have kids if you go on the, if you get your regular healthcare and you go on the right meds and you have the baby go on the right meds and typically you would deliver via C-section versus vaginally because there's less risk of fluids mixing from mom to baby um, via C-section. So that it's, yeah, that's absolutely possible. So Jamie, are there any other major ones or is that the main one? I think the other major one would be that it's going to end your life if you get it. And it, it doesn't. It, and it's not to say that you shouldn't be careful, but it's the importance of like, you just, just know your status, find out what's going on. If you're infected, if it's positive, it is so manageable. There are so many support systems out there that it is not a death sentence. And there's a great community of people that will support you through it. So I think that's a huge one too. I love it. I love you, James. Um, I, I got one more. Guys. I got one more. Um, I wasn't saying bye. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, it sounded like a sign off. <laughs> is it expensive to treat and is it covered by health insurance? Is it hard to get health insurance when you went from your parents to your own? Yeah. So thank God I have health insurance because the drugs are expensive, but my um, insurance covers it. So I just pay the copay. And a lot of these drug companies actually have. Um, like vouchers and cards and incentive, like programs that you can get on that you actually don't have to pay anything for your meds. Um, so it's super manageable that way. And um, but if you don't have insurance, absolutely, like one of my meds is probably like a couple thousand dollars without if I if I didn't have insurance, like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were able to get insurance, no prob. Yeah, yeah, because I it went, but if I because I work, so I get it through my work. But if I had to apply for it independently, it might be more difficult because yeah. that would sure as hell be a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. But it luckily, I, I just get it through work, and it's been it's covered everything that I need to be covered. There because of HIPAA, there's no there's no issue with you working in a hospital right? Mm -mm. No, no. And, you know, I considered at first like, Ooh, is this a good career for me to go into just because I, I will be in the hospital, but honestly being in the hospital is a really controlled area. And (laughs) it's, it's kind of a great place for me to be because we have, we, you know, if, if people are infectious, they're typically on isolation. So it's it's a relatively safe place for me to be, but there certainly wouldn't be any, you know, situations where I would be putting people at risk. Um, Unless I were on Grey's Anatomy and sleeping with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, as we know, doesn't happen. That's as well funny. as sometimes it happens. 
You must have had a good experience in like the hostel as a kid if to go into child work in the hostel. I did. Yeah, Yeah, I really did. I, a, I like, a lot of times I really enjoyed going there because I really, I, I loved the people. They had cool stuff for me to do. And I, yeah. I what hospital it. is this? Let's give them a shout out. <laughs> Are we allowed to give a shout out of what hospital you were treated at when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm fine. It's fine by me. <laughs> I was, <laughs> um, I went to NIH for all of my drug protocols and they had a really great support system there so it was very it was it was a really loving environment and I like got my days off from school with my mom mm-hmm. and we would go to the clinic and then we would go shopping and go to Tyson's and <laughs> hit up the Nordstrom shoe sales. Oh. And, like. Actually, Jane, I just thought of one more question because I've never yeah. spoken to someone until today that contracted HIV through a blood transfusion. To me, growing uh-huh. up, HIV was something you got during sexual intercourse. Are there yeah. any other, you know, ways to get HIV aside from those two drugs? Drugs, yeah, IV drug use if you're sharing needles. Um, through blood transfusions, um, through sexual contact, through or contact, through um, blood products. So a lot of hemophiliacs who received blood products during the early 80s are infected because the factor that they're receiving to um, treat their hemophilia um, is, is like donated blood products. So that was a... uh, that's another area that you can get it. But it's interesting you bring that up because this is another point I kind of want to point out is that it's really different. And one of the experiences that I've had is that when I disclose to people and I tell them, every once in a while, I will get the, "Mm, okay. Oh, that you got it like in a sex way or drug way? Yeah. 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 And then when I I go on and tell them how I got it, then they're like, oh, you poor thing. And it's amazing. How different it is! It's like, so it's like they deserve, like they deserved it's it if they had up. sex yeah. or they had drug drugs. Yeah, yeah. And it's so mean. Yeah, Ew. like it, it shouldn't matter. And the just the like people will turn on a dime when they find out yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And That's it, fucked. It, it, is it makes fucked. sense though when it's you say crazy. it. I'm like, yeah, I could see people just being that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, but literally you'll have people go from just like, "Mm, okay, bye, to, oh my God, you poor thing, bless your heart. It's also like Like if you you didn't necessarily have to like sleep around to get it through sex. Like your husband could have cheated on you and your husband, you could have slept with one person. Like you don't have to be, you know. But it's also not wrong. It's also not wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's... I don't know if there's ever been more of a educational podcast actually <laughs> that we've done that we've done. I really don't I think, think so. we can't compare them. We okay. did one on miscarriages. <laughs> okay, you know, okay, you're right. You're right. We've you're done right. a we've no, done a lot of great ones. You can say that I'm better than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we've had some good ones when it comes to health, especially, but definitely no, eye opening today. And well, I think we probably we probably no, could have done I- an entire episode with her. You know. Wait, I'm not the whole episode. We're talking to you're we're 45 talking. minutes of it, so that's a lot. <laughs> I'm just yeah, teasing you. you're the majority. No, that's and it's, you guys are doing a really great thing by talking about a lot of stuff that people don't typically talk about, and and it's awesome that it's peppered into this podcast that's really fun and about silly things, and that mm-hmm. we can all kind of be stupid together. And like Ashley, you know me, I'm an idiot and stupid and like i i like she wear so okay much- people she wears a wedding dress every time there's a bachelor or bachelorette premiere she wears yes. her wedding dress on the couch you it. are I so do. fabulous you're like it's the so- friend scene you know and they're like all sitting on the couch yes. 
Wait, before we go, can I t- can you tell us how you met your husband? Yeah, we met at a, like random happy hour. Um, it was kind of funny. It was after work. I was going out with friends, and he is a teacher, and he was off for the summer. And my friend who I worked with was coming to meet us, and he was like at home on the stoop eating from like a pizza box, like a homeless oh person. God. And she's like, come to happy hour. And so he just came along randomly and we met and we got, we like, we sat down together and we didn't talk for the first like 30 minutes. Cause we both liked each other. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we talked and then we like completely talked to each other for the rest of the night. And then we, you know, he got my number. He asked me on a date the next day, we went out that week. And then two months later we were engaged. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Wow. And you were like 30? What how old were you then? I was 25. 25. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Well, Jamie, you're yeah. so inspiring. We can't thank you enough for being brave and courageous and open oh, about your God. whole life. I mean, it really is fascinating how it was like a secret and how you didn't even know. And it's crazy. Oh. So thanks for all that you do. Thank, thank you, you so thank much you for being willing to talking to talking to us about this and like honestly the world, like on Oprah. What about your book, Jamie? <laughs> What's yeah. your book? Oh, yes. book? So I have a memoir and I'm a little bit biased, but it's really good. And <laughs> like I survive. So there's a spoiler alert, but it's called surviving. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's called surviving. so funny. Surviving. <laughs> she goes, I survived. Spoiler alert. Well, it's so funny because my husband didn't read it from start to finish for like two years after I published wow, what it. I'm like, dick. dude, how do you know if I live or not? <laughs> <laughs> you need to read the damn book. That's so amazing. anyway, it's it's called Surviving HIV, Growing Up a Secret and Being Positive. And you can get it on Amazon or Kindle. It's a really so cute cool. title. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Jamie. Bye. Thanks, guys. It's great to talk to you. So good talking to you, too. Bye. Bye. Jamie's awesome. She's so cute. Her life is just so fascinating. Like, that's insane that her parents knew for two years and didn't tell her. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would do the same if I had a child. Yeah, I think so. You have to, like, let them live as normally as possible until it starts not being normal because of treatments or, you know, physical reactions. I just love how normal the life she's living now and how it really is just not a thing. It's not a thing. If you get it, it's not a thing. Just get your medicine. You can still get married. You can still have kids. I know. And I think that it's it's so nice to be called a chronic illness now. Right. And not a a terminal. A terminal. Terminal. Yeah. Or, yeah. Makes me feel better. I get so scared to get tested and stuff. I'm not saying like I have it or anything, but if I do, like it's like, it's a nightmare. But now I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'll live and I'll be fine. Right. That's that's, so true. Like that's the one everyone's like, I don't want to get tested. I don't want to know. But now it's like, guys, get tested. And if you get tested, then you could have zero um, side effects. Not side effects. Level. Zero levels. So you don't give it to any others. Yeah. And also, if that's, look at the amount of progress we've had since her high school, 1997, to now, you know, 20-some years later. Mm -hmm. And imagine imagine what it'll be like in 10 years. Right. Because even when I was in, you know, high school, middle school, you couldn't have kids still. And now here I am 30 and it's a totally different story. You couldn't have kids. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right. So who are we calling next, Dash? Okay. Well, now... All right, guys, now we are going to call two girls that have herpes and ask how they deal with that in their dating life and what the misconceptions are there. If the misconceptions are like they are with HIV, we are in for an experience. So I have friends that have herpes, guys, and I almost 
I don't, neither is worse, but I know that they just really go through it mentally. They literally feel like no one will date them. They feel like the word herpes is like an actual man repeller. And I feel like I would feel the same way if I had it. So I hope talking to these girls, you know what I mean? Like yeah. shifts yeah. Yeah. people's perspectives. Cause that's, you could totally live a normal life. And like I was saying, Definitely. it's like the most normal one. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't affect anything other than just having it, you know? Yeah, right. right? I mean, people don't even get a lot of people don't even health. get symptoms of it. I feel like. Yeah. So then, why do we care so much if we just have these little? Because people are right. like, why do people scenario? care Rude. so much if it's not preventing you? Yeah, from like it's not eating your eating your you know body. Well, I guess because of the warts, right? Like that's why because someone maybe that you're with they're more doesn't like blisters. Blisters. The warts are really honestly a whole other thing. Yeah, general warts are different. Right? Yeah, but also treatable, very treatable. Just. Okay. All right. So let's give her a call. Let's give her a call. We have Anonymous on the line who has herpes. My first question for you is Do you have to legally tell people before you sleep with them that you have herpes? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I totally haven't looked into that. Um, I, I honestly haven't looked into that, no, but, um, Honestly, haven't even thought about that. Oh, okay. Well, have maybe you you haven't just been sleeping around, probably. Um. Well, not like crazy or anything, but I do have like sex with condoms and stuff like that. So I try to keep it as safe as possible. Um. So it's not like uh, I don't know how to say this, but I'm not. I haven't had like a serious relationship like you guys. I haven't really had like a serious boyfriend or anything. So I feel um, you, girl. Speaking your language. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So. So that's not something like, like if I'm talking to a guy, especially living in a small town, it's kind of hard to be up front and tell them like, hey, this is going on. So I just try to be as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. That's what I understand the risk behind it. Can you tell us how you got it and And what type you have? And yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have HSV2. So that's like the genital kind. Um, I don't have any issues with my mouth or anything like that. So I'm good there. Uh, um, so I got it when I was 21. Like I said earlier, I was, I'm 25. So I've had it for about four years. Um, I was talking to this guy and we were hanging out and obviously like we were having sex and it was unprotected. And I was, I don't, I didn't really ha- have like unprotected sex. So he was like the second guy that I had done with done that with mm-hmm. and we were t- we were talking and hanging out for a couple months and we would this is kind of tmi but we would have uh, sex like kind of often so um it wasn't like i ha- i got it right away it just uh i just remember one time we were having sex oh, sorry tmi but no, we were- okay tmi doesn't <laughs> exist on the i don't yeah, get a podcast this isn't a TMI okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so one, yeah, one time we were having sex and, um, I just felt like a pressure and I had never had an STD before anything. So I was just like trying to go with the flow or whatever. And I just felt like a weird pressure. And then it was like a pinch or something. It just felt weird. And I said, ow. And then, um, he like finished with his business and I was kind of confused. So I was just like, what is going on? You know, so I went to the bathroom did my business and I was just kind of like in a state of what just happened. So yeah, the next couple of days I just felt weird. Like I felt like I had a rash. So I went to the doctor and 
I had had STD tests before, but it was nothing like that. Um, like I'd never had any other experience with like an STD or anything. So I was just kind of in shock. So, um, I went in there and she said that she was going to give me the normal test, but then she said that she was also going to test for herpes. I was like, okay. And she just kind of talked to me about it and stuff. And I was just like in a state of shock, I guess. So, um, she treated it like it was chlamydia and I, I was just like, okay, I was just in a state of shock and I didn't even like tell him anything. I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm going to figure out what's going on and then whatever. She told me that she was going to call me back in a week with the results. And if she doesn't um, call me, then it's good news. And then I was driving home from work like a week later and she called me and she said that, that all the other STD tests were negative, but the herpes test came back positive. And I was just like, what? And she, yeah, she was like, um, yeah, so that means that you have herpes. And so I'm going to, she was telling me about the medications that she was going to send in and everything. And I was just like, I was just in shock. I just stood in silence, I guess, like the rest of the drive home. And it was like 45 minute drive. So yeah, it was kind of, shocking so how long did it take for you to have sex with this dude and then develop these symptoms i would say two months two and a half months okay so did you ever end up telling him that you because you know it was definitely from him yeah for sure it was him i wasn't having sex with anybody else and it had been quite like a couple months before i had sex with anybody else yeah and so so i want to know what were your like immediate thoughts like so you're told this because i actually honestly feel like guy knows aren't well versed in herpes i kind of feel like that's the one they're least versed in just based off my friend that has it that has said that they just like are just like okay we'll prescribe you this medicine here you go off in life like did they give you any information and what were your thoughts like immediately um well she yeah like i said she at first she treated it like it was chlamydia and then um when she called me to tell me that i had it she was like well you're gonna be put on this medication uh, it was like the generic of Valtrex, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's called like Valacyclovir or something like that. It's hard to say, but um, yeah, she said that I would be on that. And some research says that it's supposed to reduce, well, it's supposed to reduce outbreaks and stuff like that, but it's like a 50% chance that you won't pass it on or something like that. But she told me not to depend on that or, or not take it because of that. So I was like, okay. Um, so I just like take probiotics and stuff, but, um, but are, are the outbreaks when they happen uncomfortable? Like, uh, are they, do you find them to be, um, aesthetically not pleasing? Do you not even notice them? Do you get outbreaks? Yeah. How often do you um, get them? Yeah. So it was like that first time, obviously when I got it and then it was like, and that lasted for a couple of weeks. Um, but she like the medicine that she gave me and honestly just reduced it so I just didn't feel it and I didn't really look so I was like I'm not looking um but uh then I had it like a year later but I guess it I guess you have outbreaks more when you're like super stressed and stuff so made sense but um yeah just a year later and then after that I honestly haven't had any honestly any issues so they don't really affect your life besides like when you're trying to get down Right. 
Right. How has this affected you mentally and how has this changed your life? Or maybe it hasn't. Um, well, it, it totally has. Like I didn't have sex with anybody else for like, I think for another year. And I didn't tell him, uh, to answer your question earlier, mm-hmm. I didn't tell him cause like after that moment, um, I kind of like distanced myself, but he also did like a 180 and was acting like a super asshole, which I'm kind of used to. So I just like left it, but I just didn't want to tell him because I felt like I was going to talk to like a brick wall or something, if that makes sense. You didn't want to call him out and be like, you gave me you this. asshole. Gave yeah, me like, yeah, yeah, I was going to um, like a couple years down the road because obviously like a couple of years ago or whatever, but. Um, honestly, I thought about it and I was like, it's not worth it. Like, I don't want you to find out that you gave this to me or whatever. So, but he is an ass and I just, I just decided to ignore it. Like, mm-hmm. that made sense. So well, I hope he knows that he has it. Yeah, for sure. Like, I for sure know that he probably was having an outbreak and he for sure knew because he was kind of weird about it when we were having sex and I was just like, <sighs> what he okay. Can you only transmit it when you're having an outbreak? That's a question I have. Um, yeah, so I guess, um, people are more susceptible to it when you're having an outbreak, um, things like that. I have never had an experience where I've passed it on to someone else. Like I've said, I've been very careful about it and I don't have any issues with outbreaks except like those two times and I wasn't messing around with anybody or anything. This sounds Um, like it didn't, it didn't really break you mentally. Do you have advice for people maybe that are just finding out that they have herpes one or two and maybe they're really down about it? You sound, you know, like you're able, like you're fine and you're cool with it and it's a part of you, which is, I think how it should be. Do you, or do do you feel like that or no? Um, that's crazy that you say that. Like I tried to make my peace with it. Like, um, I had a therapist and she, told me that um it was just gonna have to be a new way to have sex like I wouldn't have anybody like go down on me or um I would always have to wear a condom and um it's okay that if I don't tell someone just to be safe um so it's like I've I guess it I not have confidence with it but it took me a long place to get there mentally where it's like okay like this is a part of it as long as I'm safe then Mm-hmm. Um, I should be fine. And, um, I did tell, like, it took me a couple months to tell like my close friends. Um, but it, I guess it just all stems from like support from friends. Um, you can go to like support groups online. You can also talk to a therapist. Um, it's a lot more common than people think. Yeah. Um, so that also helps take the edge off. Yeah. It's over 50% of like the population is like H the first one. Yeah, yeah, unless was, you're born with that. That's no, not a sexual yeah, thing. Yeah, you can kiss someone and get it. Yeah, I was born yeah. with it. You were born with it? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know you had that. Yep. Thanks for I, everyone. I have herpes <laughs> type 1 or whatever that is. Um, yes. Yeah. But you can get... So. Do you know if you can get to by someone with one maybe eating you out or like is that also Yeah, so way? like you can't really ever be gone down on again? Um. Yeah, basically. But honestly, I'm dance. not... Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just haven't experienced like that in a long time. But I was, honestly, I'm not too you much of a keen on it anyway. So it's not, yeah. So I'm not so to each their own deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Awesome. Thank you so thank much you for having so me. It was much. great talking to you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Right, bye. Bye. So we've looked it up, and if you have an STI or an STD that is uncurable, that you're aware of, that you are aware of. 
you are legally, you legally have to tell the person that you are having sex with. If you unknowingly know and give it to them, then it's not illegal. Yeah. It's like a fine or some jail time. So if you are listening to this, I, we would love to advise you to legally tell someone so that they can be healthy and get themselves checked. All right. We're going to call one more person to see how her experience was is all right now we have anonymous on the line and she is going to talk to us about her experience contracting herpes hello anonymous um hello. we would love to hear how you got herpes if you know um so i do not know which kind of like i feel really wild saying that <laughs> um i was always very comfortable with like who i was um having sex with wasn't like Nobody's sketchy. Um, but whenever I moved, I moved across the country and I was really stressed. I was moving in with my boyfriend who I had probably spent about like 20 days total with. Mm, um, that is stressful. But so I was just kind of nervous and the stress kind of reignited. I guess it just kind of rebrought up the herpes that I once contracted. Um, but so I was just in a lot of pain. And I, I honestly thought it was like a UTI because I, or like a yeast infection because I never even like, I never even imagined that I was going to be, I was going to have herpes. Um, and then I went to the doctor and I was so uncomfortable. Like I went to just an urgent care because after being here for all of like three days, I was like, okay, I have to go to a doctor, but like, which one do I go to? And so that was really stressful trying to find a brand new doctor that was just kind of going to do what I needed to do. And I didn't think it was going to be herpes. Um, But so I went to the doctor and it was so uncomfortable to sit there in the room. And he had to take a swab of, you know, like all that good stuff down there. And it was like, I was sobbing and there was another nurse in the room with me and she was just kind of holding my hand, making sure I was okay. And a couple of days later, he called me and he was, he had the results. And I was like, just, I was like, just don't tell me it's herpes. And he was like, uh, well, but it is. Okay. Yeah. he's like, but it is. And so I was, I kind of took a second. I was, my boyfriend was out in the room. I was in the bathroom and I answered the call. And so he was like, but good news is it's type one, which you can get contracted by having like, if somebody were doing performing or oral sex on you. So and it's not as serious as type two, where it can just kind of pop in and out of your life. Um, so wait, I, so you can get I'm type really one confused. in your vagina because I thought type one was the mouth and type two is genital. Yeah, she, so you, you can got contract, it from she got it from yeah. go, getting oral. Yeah, yeah but you, so you can contract what I'm saying, it from somebody's like cold sore, right? So but then it's just type much. one; it's not type two, just because yeah. mm-hmm. it's in. Yeah, so the type still oh. like it's huh. however you contracted it. Oh. Um, yeah, oh, which I was very shocked about. And I was kind of like, I personally, I see herpes as herpes and not like type one or type two, because for me, the type one was an outbreak that a type two would have. Right. Okay. Um, but luckily, I only had that one outbreak um, and I haven't had anything since, but I've had to be extremely stress free, which is extremely hard for me to be because I'm like running mile, a million miles a minute. I don't even know what I'm trying to say next. So mm-hmm. It's always interesting, um, but it was it was definitely hard. I got off the phone with him. Um, he kind of gave me a little bit of like what's going to be happening next. Um, so he was like, I'm going to send you a prescription for this medication and it'll make you feel better. And I am a type of person that I love taking baths. So all I wanted to do is just sit in the bath and relax <gasps> and like, 
And I just wanted to like sit there and not do anything and like sulk in myself. And I couldn't do that because it was so painful. Oh, the water the bath is bad. The bath is so bad for you. It's oh, it's just shit. like you should just basically I would sit on the couch with my legs on the coffee table, butt ass naked. <laughs> And like, I'm sorry, I'd be laughing. That's exactly what I'd be doing. It's so funny because my boyfriend come home from work. He'd be like, how are you, babe? And like telling him, because right whenever I got off the phone, I'm sobbing. And he's like, well, what's going on? Like, it's not herpes, right? Like exactly how I was. Um, And I was like, no, it is. And I was like, but now's your chance. You want to, you want me out? Like it's, it's early. Like I've been here for all of three days. Like I can go back home. Wow. I'll be good. Like, I fully understand. And he was like, what? Are you kidding me? And a backstory Aww. to my boyfriend. He is like the most incredible human and I've ever met in my life. And he's like, it's like, first of all, I've already decided that you're the one that I'm going to marry. So why? Aww. Like, it would be one thing if he was unsure and he was like, well, you know, but he's like, no, like you moved here because we're getting married. Like, I didn't even like, even if I get herpes too like we both have it together that's so cute and that's how it should be that's what you want to hear you have it i have it you jump by jump so that begs the question have you had unprotected (laughs) sex with him now yes um i'm actually allergic to latex which might have been like my problem getting it i don't know but got it from a mouth so i don't know got it from a mouth got it from a mouth so does that mean that if your boyfriend contracts it he still has type one even though he gets it from genital i think that's how it works i still haven't like gotten to the nitty-gritty because for the most part if i i can like see i can feel if i like have a bump and it just feels a little odd then i'll be like okay we're not gonna bang today Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna hold off for a couple days um but we're both very sexual people so it's very hard to do that Um, but we, we do have unprotected sex and it's been over a year and he still doesn't have it. Wow. Um, how how often do you outbreak? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I want to say the same thing. How often does he get tested? (laughs) Um, he hasn't gotten tested since, um, we've been together. I think it's kind of like for him at this point, he's like, well, like, doesn't matter. I don't really care. You're kind of bound to get it. You know, he's like, if I get it, then I'll get it. If not, then... (laughs) That's insane, but... That's um, actually a good... Do you guys get tested, Ashley and Lauren? Because you're in relationships. Like, I feel like people in relationships don't get tested as much as sexually active single people do. I got tested for winter games, and that's all I really need to know. Well, Ashley, weren't you you a virgin for a while? Oh, we're pretty... Uh Uh, we were talking about it's on the reality show anyway it's yeah. like no i mean i don't have i think i'm good to never get tested again right yeah i guess yeah. so <laughs> but you get, get tested for other things i get like tested HPV for chlamydia and, like, and yeah. gonorrhea and uh, and a lot i know a lot of people that have hpv too like yeah. my right. i have like uh, the world. i know more people that have hpv than that don't so i've had hpv I mean, yeah yeah, so it's just kind of one of those things where he's like, well, I guess, like, call it a day. And I, I would feel so bad, though, if I did give it to him, regardless if he's like, I don't care. Um, so, but- um, like, the, you only had the one outbreak, which you say was, like, really painful. Would you call them, like, blisters or, like, pimples? Because I get pimples down there on the occasion, and it's not um, comfy. It's not. Um, but whenever I got it, so I'm, tr- I'm like thinking back, I was actually with my mom at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Hobby Lobby. 
And I went to the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, like, why does this hurt so bad? Um, so it's like a mixture of pimples and blisters. But also what they don't tell you is that like your vagina is like giving out like gooey uh, liquid too. Like your, what's that word? Discharge. discharge. Yeah, discharge. But like, not only is the discharge like a brownish gray color, it's like, I'm going to get real disgusting because okay. why not? Um, but like the discharge is brown and gray and disgusting but it burns i don't know oh, what it is God. so it's like, like a yeast infection so bad or uti i feel you see even worse because whenever like the discharge starts touching the blisters like then it was game over oh, i was God. like somebody put me in like just leave like i don't want to be a right. part of this anymore well what are some things that you do to kind of first of all how many outbreaks have you had since the first one just the, that's just that big one. i've only had one just the um one. a couple weeks ago i had like a bump that and the bumps that like start they're hard and they they hurt really bad but they're not like pimples like you can't pop it and if you try it just hurts even more interesting um, so what do you I do had, to like, ease that pain that pain i just as stupid as it sounds, I just try to be as stress-free as I possibly can because that's what kind of ignites more outbreaks. So like you right. literally have to be like the most stress-free person. Um, and then like, also- massage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Um, I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, it's not that serious, whatever you're going through. Because I, um, I quit my job last month, so I had a, no job all month. And I was just so stressed out. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, but the first time I got it, um, I- it's like a small backstory that I won't go into any detail with. Um, but my best friend in college, she was raped and the guy that raped her gave her herpes. Uh, um, wow. And she had herpes type two. So she has it way worse, way more often. Ugh. And just like... So and that's the so difference? Sad. How many types you, are it's there? It's more intense. Two. And it's, yeah. Okay. And type it's two more is often? way more intense and it's more often. And there's medication that you can take to control it. Like I have medication that I can take to control it. But it would only be whenever I have an outbreak. I don't okay, have so to you take don't it, take so it you regularly do... then. No. When you had the bump a couple weeks ago, you took it then? I didn't actually. I just oh. kind of like had to calm How down. some incense and called it a night. <laughs> Is it because you don't like taking medicine in general? I, or? I hate taking medicine. Yeah, I'm the type of person. The I don't even way. take Advil. So yeah. I, I hated it. So I, I try to do everything in my power before taking medication I even tried like whenever the like bump started before I even knew it was herpes. I tried to put frankincense oil on it. Mm-hmm. Highly suggest you not. <laughs> so, like, no matter what Damn. you do, like there's nothing that's going to make it feel better. A lot of people tried to tell me like a salt bath yeah. was going to yeah. help. Like like the doctor even said he was like, go to like your local pet store and get like ocean salt. And I'm like, here I go. Wow. But here like, I go. like it's not. It's not like realistic things that you can really do for it other than take the medication and calm down and like try not to be so stressed out. Um, so I, every single time I like have any questions, I ask my, my best friend and I'm like, hey, Aww. we're like our tag team over here, like trying Aww. to figure it out. That's amazing <laughs> you have her like to lean it on. Is. And, I, and I wish that like it would have been opposite because then it would have been easier. Like I wish I got it before she did. Aww. But I mean... you women you lose some but You're so nice um, <laughs> i feel like the bottom line here is that people who are out there scared of getting herpes scared of being tested and finding out they have herpes they it sucks when you have an outbreak but the outbreaks mm-hmm. aren't often 
and yeah. they are relatively treatable well, if you want to take in the this meds. case they aren't often if you have yeah. two they may be often yeah. but Type either one, case not it's not so debilitating often. on your life right and if exactly. you are nervous about telling like a potential boyfriend or partner if they mm-hmm. say fuck off then they're not the one so keep finding and that's your- actually another thing about my friend she was starting to date this guy was really really into him and like whenever they went to like go have sex she kind of told him the whole story including the rape part because whenever she told me the story i go did you tell him that you were raped yeah and he basically like shunned her he was like get out of my apartment you're disgusting leave like don't ever like just leave that away like get away from that like so far and while it sucks for her at the time i mean it's easier to like she's dating a guy now who is incredible for her and I couldn't imagine anything else. But like, it it also sucks because even like I've been more vocal about it in the past couple of months on Facebook groups and whatnot. um, Just because I hate that there's such a negative stigma. Sorry. Okay. Start with, I've been more vocal about it. uh, Yeah. I've just been more vocal about it um, with like the Facebook groups and everything, because I think that there's such a negative stigma um, against it. And I actually, I shared my story on one of the posts and I've had like a lot of girls reach out to me and be like, wow, like I wish I could be like you and be more vocal about it because I have, I go on dates and I like can't even finish the date because I just like don't even want to tell them about what I like, what I have and how disgusting I am. It and, breaks like, my heart. It's it so really sad. does. It's really sad. And like, I feel extremely lucky and like, it sounds so weird to say that. Like I have herpes and I'm lucky, but I am because not a lot of people find out after they're dating, like the love of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. have to continue to find somebody that's going to be okay with that and like truly, truly love them for them. I because have- a lot of people see herpes and they're like, mm, red flag. I have um, two more questions for you. What, uh, well, what do you have to say to people maybe that just found out that they have herpes or that are dating someone that just told them that they have it? Maybe they're thinking of like not being with them anymore. Like, what do you mm-hmm. have to say to those people? <laughs> So to the people that just find out that they have it, you're you're going to be okay. I promise. Um, it's, it feels like it's the end of the world. Like everything is crashing down, but it's not. It's just temporary. And there's thankfully new medicine that you can control it with and just be a little less stressed out. Yeah. And then what advice do you have to people maybe that are single that aren't as lucky, haven't found their person? What advice do you have to them on how to have a conversation about this with someone maybe that they want to be romantically involved with? Um, so I would say to choose wisely, not only because most people that you're going to tell are either going to go blast it and shun you or they're going to be so appreciative that you're even coming out and telling them. I personally think that the few people that I have told have kind of been like, really? Okay. Uh All right. And then there are some that are like, wow, I'm so sorry. Like, that's like, that sucks. And then there's like the other people that are like, well, like, it's okay. Like, it's nothing. And whenever I went to a new gynecologist, I figured like, you should probably tell your gynecologist that you have herpes. Yeah. And she was like, okay, that's normal. Like, it was nobody, like, it was nothing. Like, I just like came in with an extra toenail and like <laughs> she was like that's normal and she is actually the reason why I've been more vocal about it and been so like open and up upfront about it and also like be open and upfront about it because if you're confident in what you have and what you have to offer like why does your little herpes matter at all 
Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to find that person for you. You're Everybody has somebody. Spectacular. <laughs> Amen, sister. Yeah, I like love the, you. You're the best person we could talk to about this. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm very, like, blunt about things. Like, I'm not... It's taken me a while, but it also is a lot of the help from my boyfriend. He is, like, yeah. my number one fan. And, mm-hmm. like, he's like, so what? <laughs> he's that's funny. so right. Well, so thank you sweet. so much for coming on. You're incredible. Thank you. And thank thanks you. for thank helping you. us normalize it. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was amazing. I'm so happy. I feel like... I won't be so scared to get tested now. I don't... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like people listening, you shouldn't. And even if you have HIV or herpes or anything else, like, it's going to be okay. It's not the end. And there's people out there that will love you. Yeah, and thank God there's like literally Facebook support groups for everything. Like if I got herpes, I would be in there so fast. Right, join a support group and maybe there's other resources in there to help you maybe learn how to start a conversation with someone because I'm sure that would be so hard for me being single on like telling guys that I'm going on dates with that I have it. So I really want you guys to seek out that advice if that's what you're going through now. You know what, it seems interesting because I feel like the biggest, after all of these talks, um, it feels like the biggest issue is telling the people that you want to be romantic with, but like the actual lifestyle having these infections is is not like totally life altering. Well, yeah. I mean, like it's life altering in some sense, but right. like the biggest deal is finding a person yeah. who's fine with you with it. It's just the pressures of society. It's like. I don't know why they exist, but guys are really freaked out by herpes for some reason. Yeah. They like have like a well, talk- women are too. Like yeah, if a I guy know, but I feel herpes. like if you tell men that you have it, they're like, ew. Like something happened in like a fraternity or in high school where they're like, if a girl has herpes, she's disgusting. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, then I don't he's know. not the guy. Yeah, then he's not the guy. Um, anyway, all right, great guys. Leave us um, comments in the Facebook group. Let us know other things that you'd like us to help normalize. And thanks for listening. And subscribe to the podcast and the Facebook group and the Instagram. And please watch What Now, our reality show on YouTube. Just if you're not by your Instagram, you can't click my link. Just type in What What Now Now on on YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye, Bye, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.